Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, holy hell, Preacher is back for the fourth and final season. It is indeed the beginning of the end. We're talking about both episodes, the two-hour premiere, episode one, Masada, and episode two, Last Supper, where we find out the true origin of the disaster for the dinosaurs being a lot shittier than we originally thought. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz What is up, Preacher fans? Welcome to AfterBuzz TV's Preacher After Show. I'm your host, Elena Jordan, and today I'm all by my lonesome. I'm preaching for one. It's just me here. Um, But we are talking about two episodes. We got a double dose of Preacher for the season four premiere. Episode one, Masada, and episode two, Last Supper. We'll be talking about both of them, so be sure to stick around. We'll also be giving some predictions, or I guess by we, I mean me. I'll be telling you my predictions. And we got a little bit of news and gossip for you, too. At the end of the episode two... We're going to let you guys know some things that happened in the comics, so we'll give you a little spoiler alert before that one as well. But diving right into this episode, man, Preacher is pulling no punches. This show is back, and it is showing everybody that it is ready to show off in this final season. Uh, This first episode comes back with a flash forward to the future, maybe? We're not quite sure. It's Tulip with a super iced out blonde Cassidy making out and uh, talking about the death of Jesse, which we see happens in uh, Australia. He falls to his death, which, again, I'm not going to give any spoilers during the show, but stick around to the end. We're going to talk about some stuff that happens in the comics. Just saying, just saying. Um, But then we find out that a few months earlier... This is the story of what went down there in the Middle East. And we get the iconic line, the I love you till the end of the world. And it looks like the end of the world may be quickly on its way. Now, these guys have been through a lot. We have had a lot of different characters. We do find out, sadly, that, yeah, our uh, our favorite former grail turned vamp has been... He's gone. Featherstone is still around. Aww. Cheers. Cheers. We saw that happen, but now Jesse knows. So, or Cass, everybody. Oh, man, it's so sad. Cass knows um, that they have killed off this guy. They let him burn to death, as might happen to Cass. Unfortunately, first, he is going to be tortured at Masada the home of the grail for the past 2,000 years, as Featherstone says. And of course, like any good evil university, it's got to have its coffee shop. 
So instead of a Starbucks, they have Lazarus Coffee. I loved this. I thought that was a hilarious little nod that they threw in to all of the Starbucks everywhere. And having Lazarus being the the person that Jesus raised from the dead in the book of John, having it be like, oh, well, are you feeling dead? Get your Lazarus Coffee and get revived. So very sacrilegious, but also very hilarious. Um... I do wish, however, Lola, that would have given us kind of a, a breakdown of what they offer at Lazarus Coffee. I think it would have been pretty interesting. So let us know in the comments what you think is served at Lazarus Coffee. Extra points if you throw in some puns. I'm just saying. Sweeter than the coffee sweetener. Um, but yeah, so we see this whole university set up. We see that Cass is being led past intro to torture and immediate torture and man i just have to give props to the sound designers the audio mixers on this show the things that happen off screen that we just hear oh my god props to them it is phenomenal it is phenomenal it goes back to the whole adage of like the gun under the table is scarier than the one on top of the table. These guys, you don't have to see it. You hear it, and you can just imagine what is happening. And, oh, it's so visceral. It's insane. Um, I also love that they have the uh, French literature, comparative French lit, that is then turned into, of course, the advanced torture. If Cass is going to get tortured, he's going to get tortured by the big dogs. And there's nobody bigger than Frankie Toscani. My fellow comic book fans will be very happy that we finally see Frankie in here doing what he does best. Filling people full of holes. Uh, no, he does uh, go one step further, though, as well. He doesn't just shoot Cass. He castrates Cass, or really circumcises him over and uh, oh, guys, really? Is that what we get? Up? No, that, that was that was sad. That is sad. That. Yeah, poor Cass. Poor Cass. Let's have a moment for all of Cass's foreskins. Shout out to the big bucket of foreskins that poor Cass has had to grow and have cut off by mediocre students. That's the worst. Frankie at some point, at one point, flat out is like opens it up to the gallery. Is like, who wants to try their penis shaving? And you know, lots of people take uh, take their take their hand. Oh, <laughs> uh, we also get a little bit of the saint, which we know has been off with Eugene trying to track Jesse. This is the only little bit that we see of them, though, um, for these two episodes. So I'll wait until predictions to give my full prediction. But I think that's pretty indicative of the fact that we're likely going to see a lot more from them in the upcoming episodes. Preacher's really good about having multiple storylines and not trying to rush too much in one episode. I really liked that this premiere was two episodes long, too, because we got so much story um, within this amount of time and so many awesome cuts and visual moments. And also some, of course, classic Preacher fights including bringing in a, as Hairstar calls her, a deaf, dumb old lady to act as the intermediary as all of the Grail have protected their ears from the word using their big, giant headphones. Man, Hair just thinks he is so smart, and every time Jesse gets the upper hand, and it just frustrates him so bad. This time... 
Jesse came to talk, but you know how that custard boy can just talk your ear off. He can also convince your Grail members to shoot your own ear off by first infiltrating your Grail bar and using the word to tell everyone all of your little minions interrupt their sing-along to let them know they work for Tulip now. And that's what's going down. So these guys all turn on hair. Jesse gives a little nod. And poor little old lady gets shot right down, as well as all the minions. Hairstar loses his ear, but I really think he should have been dead. I just it, it seemed like in this big epic moment, like him pushing the old lady off was an awesome visual later. But oh, this man will not die, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> um, but we do see to his actual mission, which is not to kill Jesse, but instead to carve a vagina into Jesse's head as a little retaliation for the little bullet dickhead scenario that hair has going on right now and the fact that jesse used the word to forbid him from ever wearing hats again i thought it was a pretty good trade to get to cover up your dickhead to just give over the vamp but hairstar wasn't into that so ultimately jesse had to make other arrangements to go and bust out Cass. man talking about the fight scenes though this one was epic. We see Jesse come in and talk to Cass, and they have this like little banter, the little brotherly back and forth. But then Jesse has to go and show off. Frankie shows up. He tosses the weapons, the uh, little tray of weaponry, to the minions to make the fight even more interesting, and then just totally annihilates them. Uh, while poor Cass is left saying, you know, I had this, man. I was just probing for weaknesses and biding my time. And he feels like Jesse's laughing at him because, you know, Cass, you're not going to get out of there, man. You're having your wiener chopped off over and over again. It's sad, but it's a little funny. Um, And then, of course, he has to say, look, Tulip's waiting. We got to go. He said the magic word to just ignite that crazy town banana pants going on inside of Cass's mind. And he basically is just, like, not not really on board anymore. He feels like he's more at odds. And they start fighting, as per usual. And, of course, Tulip's plan has to go awry to Tammy, the sweetest, most enthusiastic, excited Grail member, accidentally rats her out by saying that she works for Tulip, which then leads to a huge fight scene. Tulip ultimately telling Tammy the goal is keep that door open, whatever it takes. And apparently it takes Tammy getting bisected. But the only thing better than one awesome right-hand man is two, maybe? Maybe that doesn't really count when it's the same one and they're just cut in half. But Tammy too little too late let's uh tulip know that there is a way to open up the door there's a hatch but it's just up on top of the roofs or up on top of this mountain so she has to climb all the way up there and of course have the epic showdown we have all been waiting for tulip versus featherstone ding 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 and ultimately as we see ends up pretty cool they shoot at each other and their bullets just merge they end up shooting each other's bullets. And in this moment, they both just look at it and simultaneously go, cool, before just beating the absolute holy hell out of each other. 
And so we find out that these grail suits apparently turn into flying squirrel suits and can fly off. So Featherstone, just like GTFOs, and dips out. This was weird to me, though. Like, I mean, I loved seeing this scene, but I liked later, like, we see Cass ends up staying, which is the whole impetus into the next episode of Tulip wanting to retrieve him and get him back because Cass... Ultimately, this whole fight and this fight over Tulip and this split screen that we have of Tulip fighting Featherstone while Jesse's fighting Cass and this awesome moment of the punch that Tulip has hitting Featherstone and then landing as Jesse hits Cass. The editing on the show is golden. Absolutely. Just that was probably my standout moment of the entire episode. It was phenomenal. Um, But. Yeah, ultimately, we see that Cass stays. Tulip, all excited, waiting for Cass to show up, talks to Jesse, and Jesse says, look, he decided to stay. There wasn't anything I could do about it. And Tulip asked the question no jealous boyfriend wants to hear, did he ask about me? Which just prompts him to flat out ask if Tulip slept with Cass. And she just blatantly lies and says no, she didn't. Uh, I feel like that's definitely going to come up later and bite her in the ass. Another thing that kind of bit poor Jesse in the ass this week, too, was this dream that he has where his dad, John, he hears his voice and he sees this weird, like, dick rock tower because it's preacher. So why wouldn't it look like a giant dick? Why not? Uh, But he sees this big rock hard wiener, literal rock, and he's like, what is happening? Giant mushroom cloud, not to be confused with mushroom wiener, different thing, Uh, but has this huge explosion, this call to the apocalypse, he's choking hair star, turns into tulip, he's all messed up, and he's like, I just gotta get out of here, so he dips, and he leaves tulip this note, tulip we know is going to go off on her own at this point, and is going to finish out this mission, but what was the ultimate what the hell moment was it ends with God and Hair Star just kicking it, drinking Dr. Pepper. Because apparently that's God's beverage of choice, is Dr. Pepper. Granted, Dr. Pepper's delicious, but it sucks for Jesse because flat out, God says that his new goal is to make Jesse suffer. Which brings us right into the second episode, The Last Supper, where we find out that God is a very vengeful God. In Preacher, we find out that the dinosaurs were killed off because this is this is one of my favorite Preacher moments ever, hands down, was this like 1950s-esque style video, this old claymation, like almost like a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but with a brontosaurus and God with his coffee just admiring his work and then freaking out as this brontosaurus takes a huge, giant, epic shit. And I even specifically asked before the show started if I could say shit just because I couldn't say poop for this. It was a huge shit. This was a dino turd. It was massive. And then he eats it. (laughs) And I feel like any... Like, dog or cat parent who has had that moment where you, like, love this creature, but they go to start sniffing their poop, and you're like, no, don't, don't do it, don't. Poor Brontosaurus, though, straight up ate his own dookie. God will not have this. You have been tested. You have failed. 
And so he just starts raining down meteors while this poor brontosaurus is feverishly eating up his own turds. This lets us know a little bit about the uh, god that we're currently working with in Preacher. Um, We also find out that even the people aren't that great. Kind of talking about dogs, this kid is on the side of the road as Jesse is hitching a ride on this chicken truck, which... I also have to say, say, shout out to the chicken truck being a reference back. We keep seeing this recurring chicken crossing the road in season one and the Angelville chicken references. So him being on this chicken truck is in no small part a continuation of that metaphor. Um, but he sees this kid on the side of the road and the prostitute former hooker, I guess, porn star that he was driving with, now chicken owner, says, look, don't even worry about that kid. That kid is, like, probably a thief. Like, they're they're just, they're no good. Jesse cannot have this. He's like, no, look, we're going to help this kid. What's wrong with you? So he stops the car. He gets out. Turns out, yeah, the kid is definitely a thief. The kid uh, does not have a dead dog. He's pretending to have a dead dog so that he can burgle burgle up all Jesse's stuff. Jesse, though, using the word, tells him to drop the gun, accidentally shooting and killing the dog. Oh, this was the moment that just killed. I can't deal with it. I'm like, kill whatever people you need. Shoot the old lady. If you got to shoot the old lady, let the dog live. I know the dog eats its turds. Let the dog eat its turds. It's fine. It's fine. Eat the eat the turds. Just don't kill the dog, man. Jesse, instant regret, gives over his wallet, all of his stuff, and his boots. He's now walking around barefoot, you know, like us true Southerners do. We like to walk around barefoot. His was for philanthropic reasons. Why can I not say philanthropy? Philanthropy. Philanthropic. Philanthropic. It was for nice reasons. (laughs) He was being a good guy. He's good guy Jess. Um, but he gives up his boots, and then we see, uh, going back to Featherstone, talking to Hairstar, trying to figure out what's going on with the plan, saying, look, dude, this vagina's not going to carve itself. Got to start getting vagina carving. It's time. And Hairstar has something else that he's got. He's got some surgical assistance that is a little ominous. We find out later it's, uh, he's gonna have his lackeys so Cass's wiener bits onto his head. So now not only does he look like a dickhead, he's got dick sewn onto his head. So, what the hell, Hairstar? You got a big old dickhead. What's, what is, why would you put a wiener on your ear like that? That's weird and gross and very upsetting. But, you know, so is most things on this show, and that's why we love it. Uh, we also see Frankie talking to Cass, asking why he didn't leave, and Cass just saying, you know, you know us Irish, we never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. But we see later this kind of more in-depth conversation where Frankie's saying, look, you're just like the same type that always comes back, and it's not because you think that you, it's not because you have bad luck. You keep just saying, oh, I'm unlucky, I'm a bad luck guy. It's because you bring it upon yourself. You think that you deserve this. It's guilt that is driving you back here. And that is really such a poignant thing to find from Frankie Toscani to kind of let Cass know into his own psyche. Uh, Man, Cass is really just taking a bite out of all of his mental issues and also bite out of his leg as he literally chews himself out of his restraints. And then as his poor 
fallen angel is having to watch and see, oh, this wild one, man. Um, Then we also see this whole thing with Featherstone and how she has just gotten super focused on Tulip. Like, her bloodlust is just... Oh, you cannot satiate it. And so she's going around looking for people um, who might know where she is. And Kamal, the bartender, says that he does not know who she is. Uh, meanwhile, Jesse, on this camel in the middle of the desert, is running into an issue where his camel lift driver gets into a fight with some guy that he just knows and they we think it's going to be this epic super battle and it's them just getting off of their camel and their horse and yelling at each other a whole lot um jesse ultimately though tells them to stop fighting and gets his lift driver killed because the other guy doesn't speak english so the word doesn't work on him so that i think is gonna come up later as well i feel like that's an important anything that they show and that seems brief and unnecessary always leads to something bigger later on so i feel certain that that is going to come up um then we also see after last season the death of the all father now hair star is officially the new all father and anyone who questions him will be put into a box and blown the hell up and we may or may not delete your search history we're just that evil so, you know, clear out your search history. You never know when somebody's going to put you in a box and blow you up for asking too many questions, especially if you're working for the Grail. Now, Tulip has her plan and Cass has his plan as well. We see these simultaneously going hand in hand. Um, Cass, his plan is he, beat up, he beats up Dr. Zhang, ties him up takes his clothes, and it works. He's just going to walk right out the door, but then he sees the sun, and it's a little too bright for him. He doesn't want to risk it, so he goes back in. Unfortunately, though, Dr. Zhang is a pharmaceutical rep, so or not a pharmaceutical rep, but a pharmaceutical doctor, so he has all them good drugs that Cash just can't pass up, ends up doing a bunch of coke, talking to all of Frankie's guys in the elevator, totally giving himself away, and having this awesome psych-out moment where we hear this big fight off-screen in the elevator and then Cash just walking out like a boss, only to see him fall down full of bullets with Frankie standing behind him. So that was a pretty awesome moment. That was really, really cool. Um, Tulip's plan. Man, this was genius. So Tulip has her buddy uh, Kamal call up and say, yes, I have seen this woman. Basically leads this whole chase where they soup up the car so that it can go up this hill. But Tulip brings her grail outfit, which you know she had to be wondering if it turns into a flying squirrel costume, too. I want to see Tulip as a flying squirrel at some point. I just want to see it. And, of course, her blonde wig. And she ends up switching places with Kumal. This was genius, too, talking about how they had these tiny little lines that end up meaning so much. We see Featherstone in her car, and this other Grail guy just gets in with her, and she's like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, somebody took my car. Don't think anything of it. Go through all of this stuff. We hear Tulip taking out each car. Again, the sound design so perfect. Kicking up the smoke so you can't see anything. 
And then ultimately we find out that Tulip has put on all of this gear so that she can pretend to be one of the bodies that is then brought in inside of Masada. Absolutely genius. Well, Kamal drives off with the uh, Illinois-plated badass car. So absolutely genius on Tulip's part. I'm really excited to see how this kind of plays out. Meanwhile, poor Cass is stuck inside of Masada still, and Jesse is off on his own little tangent. He goes first to go to Australia because we find out that the um, the uh, Lost Apostle is the name of the big dick rock, basically, and that it's in Australia. But he also realizes that he has left his lighter in Chicken Lady's truck, so he's got to go get it back. So he goes to the DeSade House of Entertainment to retrieve it, and the pilot guilts him into staying for some more shenanigans because they see a small child crying and being let out by pornsters and something shady's going on. So if Preacher's not going to have a code, at least the pilot's is going to have a code. And he's going to go in, make this happen, while Hairstar's getting his dick ear and Tulip is sneaking her way inside. And all of this is happening. We cut to what seems like either a future vision or some sort of dream, something. Jesse is on the plane by himself with his pilot friend driving him. And he sees a vision of Cass drinking up all of the liquor, telling him, hey, man, I can't believe you left me and you left her, too. And this is the moment that we leave off on as God, with his Dr. Pepper, looks down at all of these miniature models of the things that have been a part of Jesse's journey thus far. So we see that he's been pulling the strings throughout This was a great, great setup. I cannot wait to see what happens the rest of this season. These two episodes, absolutely phenomenal. And I also love that we get to talk about it here on AfterBuzz TV. If you guys like the show, be sure to rate, subscribe, give us those five stars. Check out all of the shows that we have here at AfterBuzz TV. We have so many. They're awesome. You guys should definitely check them out. Uh, And keep the conversation going, too, by commenting in the little commentary box right below. (laughs) Now I am going to warn you guys. I'm going to give you guys some spoilers here. A little spoiler alert for our special segment. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about some of the little comic book Easter eggs that we found. So if you have not read the comics and you plan on reading the comics and you don't want anything spoiled, maybe just flip right through this part. Flip like you're flipping those pages and skip ahead. I'll do this. Because why not? We'll let you know when I'm done. I'll do this crazy thing. And when you see that, you'll know that you can listen again. But here we go. Here's the spoilers. So, the visions that we see first. We see Jesse with his like, nuclear war vision. That is straight out of the comics. Frankie Toscani. Perfect representation. I mean, looked like he could have walked right out of the comic book. This one, though, proving that the show is always going to take it a little bit further. He doesn't just shoot Cass. He also circumcises him over and over again. So that was an interesting little addition, especially because in the comic, we actually call Frankie, um, the he's a eunuch. Unico. Um, he, in the comic books, has his junk caught off with some garden shears. Yeah. So having that as a little 
little uh, reference in here. That was that was a clever way to kind of bring it in, but make it even more messed up. Um, and then Hairstar losing his ear is in the comics. However, in the comics, Tulip is actually the one who comes in, guns down a bunch of Grail members, and takes off Hairstar's ear. So that was a little bit of a change up for us. Um, and of course, the Till the End of the World line, the Until the End of the World, I Love You, Until the End of the World, we see that throughout the comics. It actually was even the title of the uh, second trade paperback, so be sure to check that out, too. That's a really good one. Um, and what else am I forgetting? Of course, my Sada is referenced in the comics as well. Um, Jesse's death. This is actually referenced in the comics. And big spoiler, in the comics, he is not actually dead. Tulip, however, does believe that he is. And she goes into just an absolute spiral. And Cass kind of takes advantage of her in the comics. So I think that they're not going to do that with this series um, just because they've made Cass a more sympathetic character so I don't see them going that direction Um, but it is interesting that they had that kind of a little allusion to it at the beginning of this episode and one of the biggest little comic book easter eggs is in the actual title sequence itself with Preacher at one point we see Dominic Cooper standing in the middle in between Ruth Nega and we see him with his eye patch and so in the comics Jesse has this epic battle with God and gets his eye bit out of its socket. And so it looks like at some point Jesse's going to lose his eye. I don't know if it's going to happen just like it does in the comics. I really hope it does because I think that would be a really, really cool visual, even though it's also super messed up. But a lot of things are messed up are probably going to happen in this show. Something super messed up happened at Comic-Con, but before we talk that, I'll do, hey, what up? If you were trying to get away from the spoilers, we'll come back. Boop, boop. Um, so at Comic-Con, a little news and gossip for you guys. Ah, uh, yeah. After Buzz TV News. Uh, Ryan, actually, shout out to Ryan in the booth for finding this one. The Preacher panel at Comic-Con Unfortunate timing. They were scheduled directly after the Game of Thrones panel. And the Game of Thrones panel made huge waves. Big news story. Because last minute, the showrunners and several cast and crew decided to pull out and not show up because they were kind of scared of backlash. So, this was brilliant Seth Rogen's reaction. We'll pull it up for you guys. What else can you tease about shooting this season and literally bringing the apocalypse? I don't know what we can say. Honestly, uh, I kind of think the show is best, you know, I think it's surprising and shocking elements are some of its stronger traits. I do just want to start by saying I know we're following the Game of Thrones panel, which is a fucking nightmare, just objectively. Uh, I also know that their showrunners didn't show up because they didn't want to answer questions about the show. So uh, I I love pulling no punches of Game of Thrones, but I am the creator of other TV shows, so feel free to ask me any Game of Thrones questions you guys have. And I love that people actually did. People actually do go and ask him specific Game of Thrones questions. They ask him about Preacher, but then he has specific people asking him his thoughts. Uh, Do you think that uh, they made a mistake by not having Jamie Lannister kill Cersei? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god, I love this. So good. It's brilliant. I feel like if you weren't watching Preacher before, seeing this, it's like, dude, come on. Buckle up. And I have to say, too, I personally even felt a little bit more vindicated watching this because I was very excited that I got to participate in one of the uh, Game of Thrones big panels this year. Um, And, yeah, some of the people who were supposed to be on it pulled out last minute. So... That's all I'm going to say about that. You know, Seth Rogen, if I had known he was available, I 100% would have been like, Seth, come be on this with us. But it was still a good panel. So thank you guys, Comic-Con, for having me there. It was very fun and I enjoyed it. Um, But so let's talk a little bit real quick, some predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. So, definitely the apocalypse is, ha- is coming. That's just going to happen. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. This is, I mean, Tulip even says it, the beginning of the end. So, I think that this is definitely going to be a situation that this ends in some big apocalyptic disaster. Um, I'm interested to see where they take it. I'm interested to see if they are going to stick with the comic book stories or if they're going to veer off completely. Um, and I think that they are definitely going to have some sort of scenario where Jesse needs to use the word and he can't because somebody, yes, as we know it, it's the end. It's Genesis. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I think Jesse's going to try to use the word in somewhere that is not an English-speaking country. Oh, I also do love that the delegate who was exploded in the box was from New Zealand. I feel like that was a little shout-out for their Aussies, because they go to Australia. They have all these Australia references. So a little, uh, I think, shout-out to that. Not really rivalry, but pretend rivalry. I liked that. Um, I think the show is just going to continue to bring these amazing moments. Definitely going to be just surprises from every turn. I want to know what is going to happen with Hairstar's ear. I want to know if it's going to fall off or not. I want to know if Tulip is ever going to fly off like a flying squirrel in her awesome grail outfit. And really, I want to know what is happening with Eugene and with the saint. I feel like the saint and Eugene are going to be a huge part of next week. I could be wrong, but that's my prediction. Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. And if you want to just keep up with me in general, you can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan. You can also find me back here on Sunday when we'll be breaking down episode three of the fourth and final season of Preacher. See you guys next time. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only. do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 